Hello, everybody, and welcome to UGA Sports. This is Georgia Recruiting Rumors versus Facts. I am Blaine Gilmer here with Jed May and Trent Smallwood, and we are going to give you a special guest right off the bat, uh, someone who is very knowledgeable of two of Georgia's current commits and one major target that they have right now. That would be none other than Dr. Rush himself, former Atlanta Falcon and Carolina Panther defensive end, Mr. Chuck Smith. Chuck, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Well, it's good to be here. I'm here in Canton, Ohio, working with the NFL Alumni Academy, so that's why you kind of see my backdrop, and I'm kind of in laid-back mode right now. But you see the bed is messy, but nonetheless, I'm, uh, I'm thankful to be here with y'all. Hey, thank you so much. We, we really appreciate it. And, you know, who better to talk to about some of these unbelievable talents that are coming to the University of Georgia than someone like yourself that's invested so much time uh, in helping to, you know, bring along the skill set of these talented guys, Tyree West and Michael Williams, who, who Georgia has now flipped from USC. And then, of course, Christian Miller is someone that Georgia is targeting heavily. Um you know, with those three guys, uh, I know they're, they're special talents, but before we get into anything about them, I want to just give you another opportunity to tell everybody kind of what you do with Chuck Smith Training Systems and also a, a very special project you have coming up here soon. Well, the first thing I do is I try to create drills that make pass rush better. In 2001, that's when I started my company, and I created a system, Vision Get Off Hands, Vision Get Off Hands and Hips. Uh, pass rush system to build pass rushers from scratch. And then my initial goal was to improve the way pass rushers train and develop signature moves that can be used at all levels. And, uh, you know, it's my system's been tried and proven, and I'm just thankful that uh, a lot of the guys continue to come to me, as well as I have a company, uh, Chuck Smith Front 7 Consultants, where I consult from all the way from middle school all the way up to the NFL, consult them on how they should uh, not only just handle themselves in the workplace, but I give them a plan to become the best they can and take their careers as high as God, you know, leads them. No doubt, no doubt. And and you've got a challenge coming up, right, of uh, of all across the country. That, that's something you've been putting together and dreaming about for a while, right? Yeah, yeah man, it, it's a tournament. It's the big on big tournament of America, and it's going to happen January 15th. First time I ever talked about it. It's going to happen at Grady Stadium right in the heart of Atlanta. And what's going to happen is I am bringing the top 80 pass, 80 offensive linemen and defensive linemen around the country going to come in Atlanta, and we're going to have a tournament. It's going to be where it's big on big. It's a, it's a cutting-edge system that I've used for, you know, in smaller settings to test it out for this one big one. And we're going to find out who's the baddest pass rusher in America and who's the baddest pass protector in America. Not where it's not going to be a T-shirt and uh, you know that kind of camp. This is where the top guys are going to come and compete. And it is a tournament. It's not a camp. It's not it. So it's a tournament where guys are going to have. It's going to be a point system. We'll have referees. It'll be cutting edge. It'll change the game the way a lot of the other guys do it. But I'm excited to do it. And we're working on it right now. Actually, I almost got the date. We're going to take another one. We're going to do the big on big challenge. It's going to be a challenge. We're going to do it at my, it's going to be an annual event. I'm starting in the classic city at my high school, Clark Central High School, in that beautiful new field turf they got down there. So just got that okay from David Perno, the head coach, and the guys over there. So not only we're going to do it in Atlanta, we're going to bring one to Athens, and we're going to continue to, you know, uh, try to take these uh, kind of events to another level. Yeah, so my question is, can Jed, Trent, and I make sure that we have a spot there to cover that event and watch those prospects as they come in? Because we know we're going to need to see some of those guys. Blaine, come on, man. You know, we connected, man. We connected at the hip, bro. So, you know, you guys are always welcome. You know, the thing about it and my relationship with a lot of the, you know, uh, supporters and shows like this uh, with the University of Georgia is that my backyard, the people that are the foundation of my training are from Georgia. So I always have a vested interest in this state and the high school players doing well and having events and being able to, you know, have someone that to give them an honest assessment and that really has no fight in the game. I just want them to go to the, you know, the best schools that I think that fit them. So the thing about it with Georgia, people say, why are you such a big supporter? I say, well, the guys I train are from here. You know, the guys I train are the guys who 
they want to go to Georgia. They might want to go to Georgia Tech or whether it's, you know, I mean, Kennesaw State or, you know, I mean, the whole nine or Mercer. I said, so these are my, this is my home base, you know, so I'm, I always have a vested interest in UGA or any of these schools getting the guys that I have. Oh, no doubt. And, and Jed, uh, I'm going to let you lead off with your, your questions for Chuck first, because we, we want to get his perspective. So uh, Jed, I think you got a couple to add, ask to Dr. Rush here. Yeah, Chuck, thanks again for joining us, man. We, we really appreciate it. I want to talk about, you know, three of these guys, obviously Mike Hill and, and Tyree committed to Georgia and Christy Miller that Georgia's targeting pretty hard. Just who, who would you compare those guys to, you know, guys you've seen in the NFL, maybe guys you've seen come through college, you know, who, who comparisons I guess, that you would, um, you know, throw out for those three guys? You know, I really hate to throw the NFL ones out, but people can visualize that a, a lot, you know, more a lot of times. I would say, like, if I was going to give a pro comparison to Mike Hale, I would say Chandler Jones, same kind of hype guy who can eventually possibly stand up. He's uh can play a 4-3 defensive end, which, you know, I like him in, in that position a little bit more, you know, than, than him standing up. But the point is, he has a uh, value. He's versatile. He gives them options, you know, where they can stand up like Aziz Ajilari or he can, you know, get down. So to give it gives George a lot of uh, flexibility with a guy like that, with his range, his height and his length and, you know, those different kind of things. Um, to me, I will compare um, Christian Miller. He's just a shorter version than um, Jordan Davis. I mean, he's a bruiser. He's going to be 310, 315, possibly 20 if you ever see him. He's a little short version of – I'm just telling you, that's where he's going to play. He's going to play uh, the three technique. He's going to be over the nose. He'll be a, a bruiser wherever he decides to go. And, you know, he's a guy – he's an energy guy as well. So, and know who he is? Who he, He's that – he becomes number 88. Who's the guy at Georgia, number 88, that lines up at fullback? Jalen Carter. <laughs> he becomes the fullback in, the, in, in three years from now on short yards. <laughs> he's that kind of bully. He's a bruiser. He's lightning quick, and, um, you know, if things work out, you know, I mean, he's definitely a fit there. Tyree West is Geno Atkins. That's my best comparison for him. Georgia fans know him very well. He has that same kind of build. He's ridiculously strong. He's powerful, has a lower trunk. He's really quick, and I think one of the things that he doesn't get enough credit for, everybody talks about his power, his strength, but Tyree is lightning quick, man. And, you know, one of the things that, as you see now, I mean, the dude gets double and triple teamed every game. You know what I mean? So all those guys do, but particularly Tyree, you know, because he's remember Tyree's been in the public eye for, for a long time. So it's yeah. one of those things where they can't hype you up any higher. So everything now is what? Oh, we'll drop him. We'll drop him. You know, but I mean, he's as good as it gets in America. And he's a guy that can, Tyree will be big enough to play in the nose. He can play the three. He'll be able to play the three, four. He can play four eye. And with his quickness, I think one day, I mean, hell, heck, they might could even throw him out on certain downs in a big package and put him in a four-man front at DE. Those guys really got a lot of versatility, man. So I think, you know, uh, Georgia's really in a good place with Tyree and Michael, and we'll see what Christian does, but it'd be nice to get them all three on campus. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. And uh, speaking of all three of them, my question, and yeah. I'm going to have one for you, is the relationship with those guys. You've seen them work together, yeah. grind together. Just kind of talk about the camaraderie and what you've seen out of them as, you know, kind of that closeness that they have as a group. Yeah. Well, they got it. They're all really close, and you forgot to add in one. I know about Bear, too. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty international oh, yeah. with this thing now, man. You know, they got Bear the whole nine. So, you know, we all connected through being in the Password family. So what it is, initially when they were all young, I got them all at different ages or, or at mainly coming through, uh, you know, my gym. And the relationship with the three, they started when they were young. It really started with Tyree coming through. And we had always had a relationship with Christian because we would always go over to Cedar Grove and do things around the city. But those guys are really tight, man. I mean, I'm talking about tight, like brothers tight and like, where they communicate all the time. And me and Coach Daz, who's really close with those guys, he's the young bird, you know, he's the, just a young generation, 26, so he relates to the music, the culture. I'm kind of old school. But those guys, they really do have a plan. They're really uh, understanding what their expectations are. And one of my, part of my job is, I want them to get them as ready as I can so when they do go to college, it's not shell-shocked. And one of the biggest things that guys, when they go into college, they see the speed of the game, 
you know, all those different kind of things. And, you know, the size is obviously going to Georgia for the two is going to be, you know, I mean, when you walk in there day one and see those big offensive linemen, it's different than playing Sandy Creek or, you know what I mean, playing, you know what I'm saying, uh, Valdosta. Yeah. And, but it's just, man, been really good. And those three guys have been loyal. I, they, you know, they listen and understand and they, we, we communicate on mainly just sport. I'm, I'm not here to talk about the academics. When I train them guys, it's all ball, all football. I'm not here to deal with the emotions. So I give, I consult them on what works best for them, what schools really are telling the truth, who's going to do this. Cause what we do is I'm a consultant. So when we make decisions and they make decisions, they know how they know what the third down uh, conversion rate is of, of the team. They know what defensive coordinators calling pressures on third downs. This is all about ultimately pass rush. So Tyree and Mikhail, listen, if Georgia wasn't a good pass rush school and wasn't where they are, they wouldn't be going there. So the bottom line is I'm trying to get them to the NFL. So guess what? After next year, three years from now, those guys can be draft eligible. So when you people always say, well, well Chuck, is, what if they don't make it? They deserve the opportunity to have every opportunity to reach their goal to make it one day big. So when we look at things like that, there's hundreds of you know schools that talk to them. And so I, 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 there has to be someone out there that can give a true, honest assessment of the facts. So if someone were to ask me about one certain school, I'll, we'll do the research. We don't, the coach can't just tell these guys, the high school guys I deal with, I think I got, I don't know, 26 guys, man, in the next three years that are gonna be guys that Georgia's gonna wanna have, Clemson, everybody. So they gotta have information. But part of the information also is this, Let's make it a professional decision. Let's not get tied into the coaches. We want to go to schools because we want to go to the schools and what they say is what they're going to do. And what that means is when you decide to go to a college before with a coach, it's easy for you to look at ways out. So if you're going to go to Georgia, it's not because of Kirby. It's not because of Dan or Trey. You got to go because you're going to Georgia. Because guess what? In the real world, things change. What? Dan might go in two years, right? Trey might become a coordinator. You know what I'm saying? So... Those guys, I try to give them a business assessment, like, hey, this is what professionals do. When they make a commitment, they go. But if you go for any particular coach, we want to go with the stats, the analytics. What are they doing? How many guys are getting to the pros? Are they using pass rush moves? So one of the things that I like about Georgia, and I've said this because I'm sure, Blaine, if you guys have ever listened to me three, four years ago, I publicly said it. Georgia does not have a pass rush culture. I said it. It wasn't personal, but it was a fact. You know what I mean? So now when they brought Dan Landing in, Dan Landing had a, his agenda was what? The, we're going to rush the passer. So what those guys do is they give their guys opportunities to use signature moves. So a good another great example is this. Everybody's talking about Aziz. Aziz using the same cross-chop move he did yesterday to get sacks that he used against Cincinnati to win the game in the last two plays. So you four years ago, I would have never said that. And then I would have said, hey, my guys would say, hey, Chuck, what do you think about Georgia? I would have said, no, it's not a pass rush culture. But now I say, guess what? Dan is all about pass rush. Kirby now is adjusting. Now he's more about pass rush. It's not as much about coverage because we know he's a DB coach. Now Trey has been, they've given Trey the keys to the, to the, you know, to the car because Dan is what brought the car. And that was pass rush. So all that goes into our relationship as me as a consultant and I'm consulting many more, and it's not just in Georgia. I mean, it's, it, there's got to be someone, even guys on the West Coast. I give them information, Big 12, Big 10. So, and, and the beauty of it is, guys, man, there's so many guys out there that now are understanding that they're you're looking at it as a business because the schools are. So I want guys to have, you know, the correct information when they're making a decision on choosing which university. Absolutely, and it's a process. Speaking of that process, Trent, I think you got a question for for Chuck on that. Yeah, I mean, you, you saw Michael uh, commit to USC back in, yeah. in the spring, and it, you know there there was family connection out there with his brother, and um, you know over the past couple of months, you've heard Georgia come along really strong. How did that that flip process really come about? How were the conversations and stuff going on like that? You know what? You know that word flip can you know to me it almost sounds like. A bad thing you know but from the standpoint of when a guy makes a decision to go somewhere else man this process is so long you know those guys when you make someone make those decisions Trent like that it's just they get a small taste of what you've seen and you know I just think it's one of those things where 
you know, Michael, he went out there, he liked it. They really liked the coaches. And, and I never fought a guy for, you know, making his decision and sticking by it. But in this situation, you know, I mean, he's at home. You know, he, he always loved UGA. His family loves UGA. And I just think it's one of those things, not where he flipped. I think it was an evolution of Georgia getting to know him and understanding, you know, and him getting to really know them and getting on the visit and really seeing what's happening, you know. So when he went to you, you know, and then part of what he wants to do, him and Chris, they're actually interested, really interested in the entertainment type thing, right? But then as you, as the evolution of recruiting happens, well, then you find out, well, actually, it's not Southern California who's doing all the movies and TV shows. Right. We're actually number one. So when you look at that, when all that information gets thrown in the pot, and then you're like, wow, let me just go back and make a business decision. So everything I get from the other schools. So I just think it's one of those things that, you know, he made the decision. He really liked it and they did a good job with him. But I think ultimately, you know, there are so many other things that fit him at the University of Georgia that made it a better situation you know, to make that transition. So, so safe to say, uh, Chuck, I know Georgia's probably set to lose a lot of people after on that defensive front after this year. Yeah. You know, Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt, uh, Jordan Rochester's been there for, you know, 10 years, it seems like, all that kind of stuff. They're going to lose some guys on the on the inside and maybe even some on the outside of Nolan Smith, Adam Anderson going going pro possibly as well. But it, it, it seems like Georgia's – well placed with uh, what they're trying to bring in, even a guy like a Darius Smith on the on the outside yeah. in Appling County. Um, just kind of talk about the what as a whole, what you think George is doing in this class to replace what's going out. Well, I definitely think they're replacing them. I mean, they're, I think they got guys that are going to come in day one to be contributors. I think they'll have their bumps in the you know road. You know, we've gotten everyone's gotten so you know used to now Georgia. What the last what four or five years? I mean pretty much since Kirby was there, they've had, you know, defenses that were, were tough. But I think that the guys they got in, they they fill needs really, really fast. I mean, you know, Reed can jump there in the middle. You know, Michael's going to be able to rush on the edge. But I think they've done a good job of reloading, even besides, you know, the three guys that we're mainly talking about. I think they're doing a good job of fitting the scheme. But also think about this. When they come in, now the defensive backs and the linebackers are more mature. So you're actually going to be stronger at some of the secondary positions you know, and even on offense. So I think when you look at overall, you think of it as a team. I think George is going to be well equipped to have some young guys come in there, step in. And I just think with the scheme they're running, they're attacking, they're getting upfield. I think George has got a, a good group that's coming in that, that most of them, I think that I've talked, the three I've talked about will be able to come in day one and help. No doubt, no doubt, and like you said, Bear Alexander, of course, a big uh, pickup for him as well there in the in the middle. Uh, so you know, before we let you go here, Chuck, just kind of tell everybody you know where they can they can find all of your stuff, website, Twitter, all of that kind of stuff. If if they have if people out there maybe have a young pass rusher, uh, something that oh, they yeah. can bring to you. Well, first thing I got to say, Blaine, is I don't just train five stars, okay. Anybody that wants to learn defensive line techniques in linebackers, I'll help your child. Whether they're going to FCS school, my son's at an FCS school, whether they're going to NAIA, I really don't care because I've seen those same guys, FCS, I've seen those guys at all levels become great players. So that's the first thing I want to let people know because that becomes a misconception about what I do because that's a lot of times what I talk about and we get to talk about but I say, um, if you want, the best way to reach me is my, my our, uh, in our offices. It's 833-222-7225. 833-722-SACK. It's 833-222-SACK. All right. So you can reach me there or you can reach me at Chuck. That's it. 833-222-SACK. Or you can reach me at Chuck Smith NFL or Chuck Smith Training Systems on Instagram. And again, I'm here to help anyone. And one of the things I want all the parents out there to understand, you can call my office and I'm gonna give you free consultation. My my uh, opinion and, and the things that I've seen will cost you no money. You can call that number, your kid, you can be a dad that says, man, my kid's daddy ball is happening. I'll tell you how to handle daddy ball. Or you got a kid that's thinking about transferring or wants to get in a portal, or you're just thinking about, you know, how do I start my child out 
you know, on his way as a football player. So they can reach me at 833-222-7225. So, you know, we do all kinds of different things, but I want to make sure I'm, people know that first and foremost, I'm a resource for everyone who wants to uh, have, you know, uh, support when it comes to defensive line linebackers and anybody in the front seven. No doubt, and this is the second time Chuck's been on with us, so a friend of the show here. And, Chuck, if if, if uh, Georgia continues to work on that relationship and, uh, you know, C- uh, Kristen Miller announces at the All-American game that he puts on that Georgia <laughs> cap, we'd love to have you on again then to, to kind of talk about the trio being finished there. Yeah, of course. I'm always going to be here. And, you know, I'm really excited. Those guys will be close by, so we'll always be able to, you know, support them. You know, and this is another thing that I'll say because – Listen, if a guy wants to go to Georgia, there's no way anyone can question why he's going there at this point. So I have, you know, my Tennessee fans get mad. I get Clemson fans because I've worked with all the teams at some point. You know what I mean? With players from every team in the ACC and, you know, every team pretty much that are in the Power Five schools at some point in 20 years. But I'm the person that no matter where they go or decide to go, if it's a place that I believe and I believe in Georgia right now, am I, I, you know, pulling for them against Tennessee? Hell no. But I absolutely pull for them every other week because those are my guys. Think about it, Blaine. The guys that are on the field are mainly guys that are from, you know, they're from College Park or, you know I mean, they're from Rome. Think about it. So so I I don't care. I'm I'm always big supporters right now of Georgia. If guys want to go there, I 100% support it because I know what product they're putting out right now when they're getting back, and it's a pass rush uh culture now so hey line them up let's get them down there there you go well you've heard it from one of the uh you know premier sources here on pass rush georgia's all about it right now so uh chuck thank you so much for joining us again and we look forward to having you on again soon thanks guys sorry about my backdrop my hair you know i'm a little messy right now i'm <laughs> look i'm crooked i couldn't get my look i couldn't get my computer to work i'm all crooked looking crazy man but uh, hey. i hope i gave you guys some information that the, the, everybody watching can use it is fantastic. We appreciate it. Uh, everybody go check out Chuck's stuff. We'll see you next time, Chuck. All right, guys. Thanks again. All right. See you. All right. So that was Chuck Smith joining us. So always cool to get to talk to a guy who's done it at the highest level there, Trent and Jed. You know, and uh, Trent, just coming off of uh, that interview, what he said about Michael Williams and Tyree West in particular, we'll get to Christian Miller here in a minute. Um, but just what were your thoughts, what what he says, a guy who trains these guys, you know, and has for years? Yeah, you know, I thought it was interesting about what he had to say about the flip process. You know, it wasn't really uh, – he wouldn't really necessarily call it a flip. It was more a business decision of, uh, you know, he acted like his heart was here. His heart was at Georgia. Uh, Why go across the country when I can get what they're providing here, providing uh, at the University of Georgia? And uh, I just thought that was an interesting way to to go about that. You know, and also uh, I thought it was interesting about Christian Miller. Uh, You know, I've always looked at him more as like, you know, a three-tech guy, but uh, looking at him playing the nose a little bit, a little smaller Jordan Davis, um that was a little surprising i know i know christian's athletic i know he can uh he's, he's got moves as you saw on uh twitter the other day that him just bullying people but uh him playing straight up nose is uh that could, that could be interesting yeah and jed you know i think it's interesting now that kirby smart's able to use you know like things like them filming the walking dead and all that kind of stuff in, <laughs> in atlanta to his advantage to recruit now yeah i mean it's it's one of those things where every kid's got their own kind of thing like some kids they, they like that kind of stuff. Other kids want to know, I don't know where the, the nearest, the, the Waffle House comes to mind just with all the stuff Georgia Tech does. Just every, every kid's got their own thing. If that's what it takes to land these these huge talents, you know, Kirby and, and those guys are going to leave no stone unturned trying to, to bring the top yeah, Dodgers. yeah. Don't don't say don't, don't say, say Waffle House. Yeah, don't say Waffle House. Bill Plaschke may get mad at us here on this <laughs> uh, on this episode. Of Braves in the World Series. I know Trent and I, Jed, are all excited about that, of course. But uh, you know, Jed, before we get to vault questions, you made a trip down to Jacksonville, um, and you got to see Jaheim Singletary. Uh, you know, Will Will Muschamp was there. Also, Colin Hurley, a 2025 quarterback so i talked about this in a in a video that i did just a, a private video just for the the vault members so guys that is the the reason to check out the the stuff on the vault on ugasports.com we have a deal going i'll be running that promo here 
uh, soon. But also, bef- before you answer that question, Jed, you'll see down the bottom uh, corner there, Dead Soxie sponsors this show, guys. Um, they are uh, they have great, great merchandise for, for you to go buy. I've seen uh, up in different stores in Blue Ridge, uh, down in Marietta, other places, the Dead Soxie brand of socks out there. Uh, comfortable, stylish. They're putting out all these different things of alumni uh, packages with Georgia socks, things like that. So Dead Soxy, you need to check them out. But Jed, um, you know, just touch on that trip to Jacksonville, what you saw out of Will Muschamp uh, there, you know, you know, recruiting Jaheim Singletary and then also your observations of Colin Hurley. I saw Will Muschamp get scared when a cannon got shot off, just like I did. We, 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 but it was Riverside and um, Trinity Christian, but both schools somehow had a cannon. Every time someone scored, they were shooting a cannon off. And it was about the third or fourth time I walked by Muschamp, and I was like, Coach, are y'all going to start start doing that in Athens? Like, no, nah, man, that scared me. That scared me. And I was like, yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Um, but, yeah, Jaheim Singletary, I mean, he, he shows, um, you know, why he's the number one corner in the nation, which it, it's one of those things where they don't throw at him much because if you're a high school team, you're kind of asking for trouble when that happens, but he, he moves so well for a corner and he pairs that with great size, great speed. Um, he told me that for the first time I went down there, just that's what Georgia likes about it. The fact that he's, you know, kind of that complete package on the outside and he showed he's got some physicality too. You know, he, he hit a guy um, coming across the middle on the goal line at the one to prevent um, a touchdown. Something I found interesting was on third downs, Riverside had him playing at safety or star, that kind of thing, which, um, it's interesting because while George is recruiting him at a corner, you, I mean, we all know how they love cross-training these guys um, to play different positions. So that's something that maybe could ease maybe ease his transition into that at the college level and maybe pave the road to quicker um, early playing time for him. So, yeah, um, very impressive guy. Um, you know, love watching him play. And it was, it was a big rivalry win over Trinity. So they, after the game, they all jumped in the, in the stands and were, were dancing with the band and throwing water around and all that kind of stuff. So great atmosphere down there. And, you know, Gene played really well. And Colin Hurley, I know you didn't see him, you know, push it down the field a whole lot in that game, probably because guys like Jaheim Singletary across the field and that wasn't part of their game plan. But a, a 2025 quarterback that's already visited Georgia a couple times, uh, what did you see out of, out of Colin Hurley? He definitely looks like he's a, he's a big, a big kid. I mean, I, he, I, I talked to one guy on the sidelines down there and we were just, you know, making introductions and, you know, making small talk. And I told him, you know, I work for rivals. Like, oh man, you know, one guy you guys are going to really want to come back and see is this kid for Trinity Christian. I was like, oh, I know we're, we're well aware of him already. So um, he looks good and he made some good throws. Um, Like you said, they didn't push the ball down the field too much, but definitely a guy that, that physically looks the part. He's obviously got the arm talent, uh, got to put that buzzword in there and, and all that kind of stuff. So definitely a guy that, like I said, got an offer from Georgia after coming to the cookout at the end of July and um, definitely a name to watch, you know, in, in that, um, that 2025 class. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, so just wanted to kind of get that that recap from you there on your trip to uh, Jacksonville. I'll be talking about some guys I saw a little bit a little bit later on, but uh, let's go ahead and get to the uh, questions here. So, Trent, I'm going to uh, put this first one up here, let you answer. Who are the realistic targets at wide receiver the rest of the way, and are we still uh, going to continue to recruit Burden? That's from Drew Yang at 96. I mean, I think you can – uh, continue to recruit burden, but if if your program didn't sell itself um, with a big, you know, top twelve, whatever win over Kentucky, why he's on his on uh, why he's on his official visit, and Georgia sitting there undefeated, and Missouri sitting there at I don't even know three and four or whatever they're at, then you're probably not going to sell them uh, the rest of the way. Uh, I think you you shot your shot and you didn't win out, and uh, I think you you move on to your other targets, which. Uh, would probably be Shaz Preston, uh, Andre Green. Um, those are the two names that come to mind as far as that. You, you still have uh, Kojo. Uh, Kojo. Uh, Antoine, did, he's Ohio State commit still, um, depending on uh, he's been at Georgia a few times. And um, maybe a few other names pop up before signing day, but I, I would really just focus on those three moving forward right now. Yeah, and I think, you know, obviously Travis Hunter is someone we'll have questions on, and if Travis does uh, end up – I don't care if he goes to Florida State or Georgia, whichever, I think you see Travis Hunter play receiver some at the next level. I mean, he's going to play corner. He's going to play receiver. He's going to return kicks. Anything that they can get that young man to do, he's going to do. One, he wants to do it. A lot of people give lip service to it, but I think there's a literal, like, yearning for him to be – 
on the field at all times. He, he's just that that tenacious of a of a player, um, and he he really loves loves the game. In terms of uh, Shaz Preston, uh, you know, talked to some people uh, close to Shaz and his recruitment today. I'll have a story coming out on it tomorrow on UGA Sports dot com and guys i'm just telling you that this is it they're they are very much so georgia is very much so in the thick of the recruitment for shaz preston a lot of people like to say oh well it's a louisiana guy lsu well look at the look at the circumstances that lsu is in right now i mean they, they still have edward orgeron as as his own interim head coach right now which is mind-boggling to me and then uh you know who knows if they'll be able to name a replacement uh, before I'm, I, I'm sure they'll Trent want to try to get a replacement well before signing day, just so they can, uh, you know, try to get, you know, get some momentum and stop the bleeding. But I just want everybody to know that 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 those four teams—Texas, Alabama, LSU, and Georgia—they all have, in my observation, a equal shot right now. Truly, this is a young man who's very level-headed. Uh, he's not going to rush any decisions probably going to take this thing all the way out to signing day. So I think those are definitely the targets there. Um, Jed, if, if you go ahead and uh, read off this next one for us. Yeah, he says, what's the intel on Travis Hunter being in Athens again this weekend on a bye week? Rule 101 in recruiting, follow the visits. That's what I'm learning too. Uh, the breadcrumbs are leading me to Athens GA for Travis. Brent, you're, the, you're, the, you're our <laughs> resident <laughs> Travis, Travis Hunter aficionado. <laughs> Well, look, I mean, a lot of people go to Athens, just hang out. And then, you know, I, we do believe he was in Athens, whether or not he was with, you know, he might have been hanging with players. A lot of people go up there and hang with players. I remember uh, a lot of people in the past going up, you know, being up there hanging with players and signing with somebody else the, the following weekend. So, uh, yes, I, we would believe he was in Athens, but was it, the, the key is uh, – was he hanging with uh, any coaches? I know some coaches coaches were across the country uh, in California. We know Kirby was out seeing uh, Arch Manning. Um, I think it all depends on what was he on campus. Uh, you know, Athens and on campus a little different. And uh, was, was he just hanging out with, you know, some some friends or, or that. But the fact that he was on, uh, you know, not in Tallahassee or where – I don't even know where Florida State played. But uh, not – you know, he was in Athens again for the third week, and I don't even know how many six. And uh, so that's you know something to watch for sure. I I know he says he shut it down, and then uh, and he's going to Florida State. And I, but I, I do think this is going to be on his mind. Um, he's a 18 year old kid, and I think this will be a, a a big decision for him to make. You know, to, as uh, Mr. Mr. Chuck Smith just said, you know, at the end of the day, you got to look and see what's best for you. You got to make a business decision and, uh, and we'll see where that all leads with uh, Travis Hunter. And I know that he's got family connections at Florida state and, and we'll see where, we'll see where things go. Uh, but I know George is going to keep pushing. Yeah. And the only other uh, player I wanted to circle back to a question, the, the wide receiver question, the only other player that I think might want to watch out for, as the year goes on because of the performance he's done. Davion Walker is a is a wide receiver out of uh Warner Robbins. He's 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 came on a on a visit to Georgia. Uh six foot two, 185 pounds. He's a class of 2022 guy, not someone that is, you know, highly heralded right now, but he has offers from Liberty, from Pitt, from Vanderbilt, and you know, there's at least some communication going on there between Georgia and uh, Davion Walker and maybe the coaches there at Warner Robins. So uh, that's that's one to kind of keep your eye on in terms of receivers as maybe an under-the-radar uh, type guy there. All right, here's our, our next uh, question here. PA Dog 610, what is Coach Smart's preference per, uh, pursuing a high-profile wide receiver in transfer portal or trying to flip – or recruit one in the 2022 class, i.e. Andre Green Jr. or Kojo Antoine. Uh, you know, Jed, here's one thing I've learned um, through doing Kirby press conferences last year, and you've done them this year. I think we should all uh, know that we don't we don't put words in, <laughs> in Kirby Smart's mouth because he's very quick to say, uh, you know, kind of refute that or tell you how that goes. But, uh, you know, and we can all kind of answer this one. Jed, what do you think? I mean, do you think uh, with based on what George is bringing in right now with Morissette, with Bell, with Cole Spear and the guys they're they're trying to target, do you think, you know, Preston, Green, 
Antoine, those guys are the ones that, that end up coming in? Or do you think maybe he sits pat with what he got and go after a guy in the portal? I mean, I think in a in a perfect world, um, you know, he would he would love to bring in a guy in the recruiting class just because, you know, those are the guys, A, you built a strong relationship with that guy and his family, but B, you get him on campus and you you start developing him and you get him in your weight program and you're you know learning your offense and all that kind of stuff. Um but with that being said, I don't think you know, I think what Kirby's proven one thing, and Trent, you've seen this over the past four or five years, Kirby's not gonna give a scholarship to a guy in a class just for the sake of giving one, you know, he's not going to take another receiver um, at, at this point anyway, just to, to take another receiver. If he feels like, you know, if they miss on these guys, let's say, and, and he, he, there's not a guy that, that he, that fits in the rest of the class, he'll save that spot and either give it to another position in this class or save it for a transfer portal spot. So um, I think in a perfect world, um, he would like to fill one more receiver spot with the, with the scholarship in this class. But if it's not a perfect match, then he has definitely has no problem, you know, holding out for a transfer transfer spot. Yeah, I, I think I think this is a similar situation to uh, how they approached the defensive back last year. Mm-hmm. Um, they went down to National Signing Day. If we can if we can find that right, you know, uh, that right guy, then we'll then we'll add him in the signing class. If not, we'll go to the transfer portal. And they were adamant on the transfer portal to to land, you know, some needs in that in that uh, in that portal. And and they did. They they landed Arian Kendrick. And uh, and he's started every game for him, and 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 been a big reason why that defense is is where it's at today. But um, you know, I, I think he, he'll he'll approach this. He'll try to land the best guy and the best fit. And if it's if it comes uh, in this class, it comes in this class. If it comes in the portal, it comes in the portal. Um, but see where things go there. No doubt, no doubt. And I, I think when you're talking about wide receiver play, you know. A lot of people want to uh, joke around about, you know, okay, yeah, like Cole Spear wasn't even didn't even have a rating right before uh, before he ends up, you know, getting getting uh, offered and subsequently committing to Georgia. Lad McConkey a couple years ago, people were laughing about uh, about that. He gets, you know, uh, he's dominating up there in Chat uh, Chatsworth, right up at uh, North Murray, but now he's one of Georgia's most productive receivers this year through necessity a lot, yeah, because of injuries, but he's produced since he's got here. So, uh, Cortez Hankton, at some times, yeah, some people have given him some some grief. He's missed out on some guys. He's also uh, been able to go get some guys that, that they've been able to develop and turn into people. So it's kind of a mixed bag right now in, in Georgia Georgia uh, wide receiver recruiting, but we'll see how it ends up. I think they've got maybe one of the more underrated wide receivers in the entire class in Dylan Bell. The guy is going absolutely nuts. I know some people want to comment, oh, well, it's private school ball out there in Texas. It doesn't matter who he's playing against. I'm telling you, that with the body type, the speed, the the strength that he shows, uh, the how strong he is with the ball in his hands after the catch. Uh, Dylan Bell is someone to watch next year when he comes to Georgia. He's he's very familiar with the Donnie Mitchell, and Donnie Mitchell has that, had that same kind of bulldog mentality, you know, that that has allowed him to uh, to produce early on in his his career. All right, so King Mario nine eighty one out of all the current commits. Who would you guess will make the biggest impact in year one and also year three? So we're skipping year two for some reason. I'm not, I'm not sure. So, but, uh, so year, year one, uh, we'll just go with that. Who do you think year one makes the biggest impact, Trent? Uh, man, that's tough. Cause I mean, you, you're looking at, uh, you know, you, you got some you got some players like Branson Robinson, but he's not going to be relied on as much in year one because you have Kendall Milton and, and probably Kenny McIntosh. Um, you know, I, I probably look at uh, maybe a Michael Williams uh, coming in off the edge because um, I, I, I think you do have some defensive linemen in place, uh, but I think he could you know be a threat and have have a a big sack year, even if it's a situational type role. Um, just playing the five tech or playing that defensive end and that speed package coming in on the, in the nickel or dime packages. I just, I just think he could, he could have an impact year one. Uh, did anybody come to mind? Somebody you think might get some early, uh, early PT next year on the commitment list right now. Yeah. You know, you think about a guy like Malachi Starks uh, too, just what, what I've seen from him, you know, he's a very versatile guy. He plays safety at Jefferson. He's kind of depends on, you know, is he going to be a safety at Georgia? Is he going to be more of a star? That's, you know, still kind of up there, but I think, just with Lewis Seen, 
I'm possibly moving on with Chris Smith being gone, with Latavius Greeny being gone. Um, that's a guy that could come in and, you know, come in in the spring, figure out where he fits best, um, and then compete for one of those, um, you know, roles going through fall camp and stuff. Because that kid is really, really, really talented um, as a defensive back. So, um, you know, that that's a guy that I think could come in and, and at least have a really good chance to, to get some playing time in year one. You know what's crazy thinking about is Georgia had – how many defensive backs go pro last year? Eight. <laughs> eight eight out of the program but you have eight, eight out of the program they had five they had five go pro uh you know i think dj daniel made a camp uh and then got cut and maybe maybe he's on a practice squad right now but they got four guys that are on rosters right but, now but you're losing your whole defensive back core again and uh i mean you're you're losing everybody except for um keely ringo so um you you want to look to replace uh probably four guys next year and i know you have uh um, mine, mine slips me just towards ACL. Uh, Smith, uh, yeah. Um, you got you got him coming. Tyke Smith coming back. Uh, we'll probably fill one of those safety spots or maybe the star spot. But uh, him and Keeley will be looking. Uh, you, you'll be filling three more positions next year, more than likely, uh, if if all things uh, happen the way they look. Yeah, and I, I think whether uh, – I'm going to go to the offensive side of the ball for mine because look at the wide receiver position in terms of George Pickens, whether he plays another down at Georgia or not, I think that's the last down. I don't I don't see him coming back uh, for another year. I think he'll end up uh, going pro just – and, you know, who knows? He may surprise David Pollock went out and said on the radio he thinks he's coming back. I don't know. Uh, he could potentially be gone. Kiaris Jackson, uh, you know, will, will probably uh, be gone. I don't think he can use any more uh, COVID years or anything like that. So that's two productive wide receivers gone. So you're still going to have some guys, some youthful guys trying to get experience. Who knows if Dominic Blaylock, I mean, after you tear your ACL, you know, twice and he's fighting like heck to get back. But realistically, who knows what, what the future holds for a guy like Dominic Blaylock. But uh, I think – that has, you know, created with the wide receiver injuries this year's created a necessity to use 13 personnel. John Fitzpatrick probably, you know, out, uh, out, and I see a, an opportunity for Oscar Delp to come in and play a lot because Oscar Delp, guys, I'm telling you, he is. I'm going to go watch uh, him play versus Kojo this Friday night as West Forsyth hosts Lambert. But I'm telling you, he's a special player, and there's a reason that Todd Hartley targeted him and him alone in this class he's the he's the guy that that he wanted because you you look at what brock bauer's doing uh oscar delp is is almost in the exact same vein i mean he's he's maybe just not quite just as top end fast as him but you talk about the ability to block the ability to run crisp routes to change change direction has great hands i think oscar delp uh, has opportunity to play early next year for the university of Georgia. OU Herschel Walker with Michael Williams now on board. Do you think our main edge prospect left should be Shamar Stewart? Uh, if we get him, would we still take Marvin Jones Jr. if he wanted to come? I'll say this. I think uh, that, you know, a couple weeks ago after the Arkansas visit, Georgia seemed to be on a little bit of high. Everything I was hearing out of Shamar Stewart's camp, it looked like uh, they had, you know, kind of taken the forefront. And then, you know, he's been now to Texas A&M and had, went to the Aggie Yell practice, all that kind of stuff. And uh, reports coming out of out of the, the Stewart camp now is that it, A&M was very, very impressive. So, uh, you know, Saw Nick Williams and all those coaches uh, dapping him up on the field before the game, everything. Uh, saw some videos going around. I think uh, I'm not so sold that Shamar Stewart is is uh, going to end up at the University of Georgia. I think Georgia's going to do everything they can, and Dan Lanning's building a good relationship there, but I'm not so sure. Uh, right now, I would, I would handicap. If I had to put in a future cast, I'd probably put one in. Texas A&M, but that is a very, very fluid situation, and that is a recruitment that is not going to be resolved till February. Okay, he's not going to make a decision till February. Trent, um, who do you think the primary edge guy should be, if not Shamar Stewart? Uh, and you know, what about Marvin Jones? I've, I mean, I've heard a lot more about Marvin Jones uh, here recently than I have Shamar Stewart when it comes to Georgia. Uh, I think Georgia's working on Marvin Jones. You know, you, you don't. Uh, they they went through a Nye White. They went through and they landed Michael Williams. 
I think uh, you know, George is gonna try to get try to land Shamar Stewart, try to land Marvin Jones, try to get one of those guys and uh and and see. But I, I think that'll be one of those spots that uh, you know, it's it's it is one of those final spots best come um best serve or whatever, you know, you try to get that last uh th- those top prospects in those last four or five spots and I think that'll be uh, one of those guys. So we'll see if we'll see if George can get Marvin Jones on campus, and uh, I think that would be huge if they could. Yeah, our, our rivals uh, correspondents out there. Some of the national guys are putting out that that uh, George is getting involved with Demario Tolan, uh, who's an LSU uh, commit. You know, he he's out of the Orlando area, and uh, definitely, I think they're going to try to get him up for a visit. And you, you know as well as I do, uh, Jed, if that on campus recruiting is a powerful tool for Georgia. So just like we say with Travis Hunter, the more you can get them on campus, Marvin Jones came up from uh, from uh, the Miami uh, area. He They got him on campus. So if they can get a DeMario Tolan, especially with the havoc that's going on at LSU right now, you got to like your chances to at least get in that recruitment. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've talked about the, the the benefits of on-campus recruiting for Georgia. So, you know, ever since the season started, just the details and – you know, how meticulously planned out these visits are and all kind of stuff. And it's benefited Georgia so much. Oh, we lost Jed there for a second. Oh, right my back. Oh, you're frozen. It's, it's not. Oh, there we go. It wasn't a flattering <laughs> image either. You were like, <laughs> you're frozen in there. So we're good um, now. Yeah, but but anyway, just, I mean, to sum it up, I mean, the on-campus recruiting has been huge um, for Georgia. And like you said, anytime one of these guys comes to Athens, um, you know, especially late in the process for these 2022 guys, it's definitely something to take notice of. And, and we talked about a couple weeks ago, or I guess my, maybe last Monday, about Georgia uh, Kirby is going to take advantage of uh, what's happening at other schools. You know, he, he's already trying to take advantage of what's happening at Florida State. He's going to try to take advantage of what's happening at LSU and uh, get these guys on campus late and and, and work for that late, those late flips and, and, and at least have some uh, uh, backup plans in mind because, you know, he always likes to have his backup plans come sign day. So he's going to get as many of these guys on campus as he can to and work the numbers out when it when it comes time. Oh, you know, if, if, if Georgia goes down and takes care of business in, in uh, Jacksonville, uh, beats up on on Florida this week, you know. In the locker room, he's gonna be uh, FaceTiming Julian Humphrey like immediately, you know, going in there and saying, "Hey, you still sure about that? <laughs> you you want to want to want to head over there to the Gators?" So we'll we'll see. Uh, you're exactly right on that trend. He's he's gonna take every. He's a relentless recruiter. He's always thinking about recruiting. I think I and I've picked up more and more listening to Kirby press conferences that he every response that he has almost seems to be tied into a recruiting pitch and how he's how he's going to determine who plays quarterback, you know, all this kind of stuff. Like, it, it, he's not going to say, you know, I'm going to go out and determine a, a starter right away. Well, you got to earn it. You got to practice for it. All this kind of there, – there's all this kind of stuff that I think he's consistent in, in what he says to guys on visits. And uh, that's – consistency is, is key in a lot of these things and, and these relationships and things like that. This one's an easy one to answer. Easy chair, will you post this to the dog vent? Tuesday so we can uh, click it and listen yeah we always tr- uh, uh, try to post it on, I just label it podcast if I didn't do that the last time then uh, it's definitely on the vault but I always put it on try to put it on the vault and the vent and uh, podcast format as well as you know the full replay via YouTube as well uh, DGD 1994 chances of landing Shamar James also how serious are talks with the quarterback from Ware County that would be Thomas Castanellos uh I think we take two quarterbacks in the cycle even JT JTD and SB return chances of flipping Humphrey so he's got lots of questions here um I'll answer the first one chances of landing Shamar James it depends on how bad uh Alabama wants him over there. And the only reason I say that is when you're talking about a guy from Mobile, Alabama, that's that's in the, the strong suit right there. And and it predicted before uh going committing to Florida originally, everybody thought he was a lock to Alabama. So they had the the edge on kind of making that connection early on. Glenn Schumann has come in and really uh you know, tried to fortify the relationship even after he committed to Florida, told him that he, you know, wouldn't would stop recruiting things of that nature and then of course you know jed you went and saw him uh you know you got guys like todd hartley coming out to visit uh, georgia's putting all hands on deck to go after shamar james yeah and it's like you said with the day he committed to florida he committed on father's day on this year june 19th or 20th and he said he, he talked to glenn schumann that day and schumann told him you know i'm not going to stop recruiting you 
Um, obviously, he, he visited Georgia for the Kentucky game, decommitted, I think, Monday or, t- or Tuesday after. Um, so it's one of those things. Georgia's come on strong. He, he loves Glenn Schumann. He loves, um, you know, the okay. speaking. Sorry, Jed, to interrupt you. Breaking news here. Uh, Julian Humphrey is just decommitted from Florida as we're, as we're talking. So What kind of timing is that with the Jets? I, I, I could have told you. This is Kirk. This is Kirby working Florida week. Uh, this is <laughs> Georgia Florida week, and you know, Florida's top recruits, one of the fastest ones in the country, decommits from Florida. So breaking news here on, uh, yeah, breaking news here on. Uh, somebody post that to the vault real quick for me, Jed. You can. Yeah, can you I got post, you. All right, Jed's gonna post that to the vault for us. But uh, Julian Humphrey decommits from the University of Florida. That is heading in to the matchup with Georgia this week. So uh, recruiting never stops, not even for our, our recruiting show. Uh, he didn't have the decency to wait till we were done to decommit so we could write. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, J- Julian is, uh, is now back on the market. Georgia and Texas A&M figure prominently in this decision. I talked to him um, back in the summer after his uh, – actually, it was his – early fall in September after he had made visits to each each different school in terms of uh, his initial visits. And now he's going to be, uh, you know, he, he's went back for officials to Georgia. He's went back to Texas A&M recently. So obviously he's from League City, Texas. You got to worry about Texas A&M if you're Georgia there with what they've, they've built there. But Julian Humphrey has decommitted from – Florida. So DG uh, DGD nineteen ninety four. Your last part there. Chances of flipping Humphrey. Those just went way up, my friend. Right as we were right as we were speaking. So uh, you know that is uh, that is something. And I would say he told me um, back then when I when I talked to him uh, maybe maybe a little over a month ago, he said that he was going to try to have this thing wrapped up uh, by early November. So we'll see. We'll see when that happens. He didn't want to wait around a lot on it. Uh, but Julian Humphrey decommits from Florida. So in terms of uh, the question about the quarterback from Ware County, Thomas Castanellos, um, Georgia is in regular communication with him now. I don't know if Georgia takes two quarterbacks depending on – it depends on – I think it does depend on what happened with happens with JT Daniels' future, with Stetson Bennett's future. Realistically – and without, you know, anything crazy happening, yeah, they could both come back. Do I think that it does happen? No, I don't think both of those guys come back. I think one of those two players is going to take this job by the reins, uh, maybe even as soon as this Florida game, Trent, and not look back. I don't I don't think it'll be that way. Uh, you know, it's going to be a – intense battle i think there it's a true competition now i don't i think people who want to say um i think people who want to say that it's already predetermined one way or another i just don't think that's true i think kirby's you know telling you at face value he hasn't seen jt healthy in weeks stetson's been playing his his tail off uh fits kind of the team chemistry so he wants to truly evaluate what these two guys are doing right now um but with the quarterback situation you can comment on that and then also uh, what do you think about the two quarterbacks in the class of 2022 possibly? Yeah, I don't think, I don't think you'll see uh, both guys come back. And I, I look at it this way. If JT Daniels is, is the starter the rest of the way this year and he decides to come back, I don't think you'll see Stetson come back. I think, uh, you know, Stetson's already got like six degrees at the university of Georgia. So, um, uh, you know, I, I think Stetson will, will move on. And, but if, but if Stetson wants to take a hold of the job and, uh, and he and and he he could come back next year, and you might see JT hit the portal. Uh, I just that's just speculation on my part. Not not. Uh, yeah, we're not reporting anything here. Not, we're not talking about. No both, uh, I'm just talking about. Uh, I, I don't think two. The, both the, both of those guys will come back in, uh, next year, and I um I also don't think you take two quarterbacks in this class unless you know somebody's transferring out, because um, you have. Uh, Beck coming back next year. You got Vandegrift coming back next year. You have um, uh, Gunner coming in. Uh, if you have one of those two guys come back, you got four quarterbacks. 
if you if you bring another quarterback in, you're looking at five quarterbacks. It, the more people, more quarterbacks you have on campus, the the lesser you opportunity you have to land a, you know a bigger name in the next class or whatever. So I don't think they're going to overfill that room. And also, uh, there's always the transfer portal. If you have five quarterbacks in that room uh, going into spring, uh, you're not going to land anybody in the transfer portal. So I think if you if you're you're going to land two quarterbacks in this class, then they know something that's happening that we don't. So. Yeah, and uh, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up something here on my on my screen real quick. I'm gonna share this for uh, uh, Georgia Georgia the Georgia faithful watching right now. This would be Mr. Jalen Walker uh, doing a little retweet of Julian Humphrey's decommitment announcement. Little 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 winky face emoji there from the uh, outspoken uh, leader. Actually, not not necessarily outspoken, but the the you know, prominent leader there in uh, Georgia's recruiting recruiting class in the class of 2022, a very mature young man, Jalen Walkers. He's certainly doing his his part in uh, – he's certainly doing his part in trying to recruit for this class of 2022. So uh, we got, got some uh, more questions here from DGD1994. Do you think uh, Dylan Bell gets another star? I don't think he'll get another star – but I'm not saying that's not to say he's not worthy of it. He's certainly playing like a five star right now. Also, uh, will Michael hang on to his fifth star? I don't see or be reclassified as four star. I don't see any way that Michael Williams loses his uh, fifth star with the, how productive he's been this year. Um, if he does, I think that would be a miscalculation on anybody's part to drop him down one. All right, we're going to get, we got a couple more here. Um, riser let's uh let's see way too early list of realistic portal targets guys that are uh, projected at, at positions of need from lesser programs or have reason to be looking around in the off season he went on to say something about uh uh bj ojalari um obviously there are the connections there with the with his brother having played at georgia he's from marietta uh was good friends with eric gilbert um, so that there is, you know, that connection there, Trent, other than, other than that, is there anybody that kind of sticks out in your mind of guys that may be looking around in the portal that could just potentially be targets, maybe guys that Georgia's staff has had ties to in the past? I mean, I really honestly think it's too early to tell, and I hadn't really been looking at that, but I, I think you're going to have to focus in on, uh, the, the teams that are changing head coaches. I think that's where you saw last year with the Tennessee, uh, you saw Henry Toto move on to Alabama. You saw, uh, you know, they got several guys starting at different places around the country. And I think you that that's a that's a team, just like in recruiting, you can take uh, uh, advantage of in the transfer portal. I think you'll see some guys from LSU. I think I think they'll hit the portal. Um, what about a maybe a, a guy out in Los Angeles, uh, Corey, if Corey Foreman doesn't like the new USC coach, <laughs> ain't Georgia. Key, I mean, but... it, it's always a possibility because this, this is what Kirby does, and this is this uh, one reason you go after Luther Burton all the way to the end, and I think they'll continue to have a relationship there. Is you play in the transfer portal, you're always uh, Kirby's going to play the transfer portal, and 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 that's what he's doing with this Travis Hunter thing, in my opinion as well. You play, you recruit him to the end. You know, you, you might fail the first time, but you might not the second time. Um, so you, you keep that relationship going and, and, and you know, it, it's worked for Kirby in the past, you know, get, getting these guys uh, in the transfer portal. And uh, I think he'll continue to do this, whether or not he thinks he has a, a, a chance for him to land them, you know, in December or February in the signing periods, or he has a chance to land, uh, land them after year one when a head coach or so-so gets fired from, uh, you know, a place where these other guys are going. So, uh, you know, he's, he's always going to recruit now and for the portal, and I think he's built those relationships, and uh, he has one with some LSU players, including B.J. Ojolari. Yeah, and I think I think the positions, in terms of just addressing the positions, edge edge defender uh, probably be one that they, they could legitimately go to the portal for a safety, just getting more safety depth. That, that'll probably be an area they go to the, to the portal for and maybe even another top-line, you know, corner quarterback being the last one you know if if things could go absolutely bonkers at the end of this year with georgia's uh quarter i mean they're, they're in realistic they could lose three off the roster you don't know i mean you don't know uh so i i think you know there 
And there's going to be guys out there. Who knows if it's a who knows if it's a DJ Uongalele after getting uh, benched by by Clemson. Who knows if it's Spencer Rattler after getting benched by Oklahoma. Not to say Georgia would go after any of those guys, but there's going to be talent on the in the portal. And, and you know, Georgia recruited a guy like Eli Ricks all the way down to the end too. I mean, you're you're looking at these guys and you're like, you know, this is why Kirby does what he does and building relationships because you know you never know who which one of these guys are going to hit the portal. And, and have another year left of eligibility to, you know, really help uh, Georgia get uh, to where they want to get. And beyond that seat, uh, Jed, if, if if Georgia goes down and takes care of Florida this weekend, uh, there are, they're a 14-point favorite right now. If they, if they handle business in that fashion or even a, maybe a little bit more, that seat may get pretty hot down there for Dan Mullen. You could see a change at Florida. Yeah, and, you know, there's, there's obviously guys on that roster that, Georgia would love to have. And and then the, the funny thing is, you know, we, we, I mean, Julian Humphrey decommitted, what, 10 minutes ago. Those are guys we've been looking at for the past couple of weeks as, you know, potential flips or, or whatever. Georgia hadn't even played Florida yet. <laughs> and, and both those guys have already decommitted from Florida. So like Trent said, um, Kirby recruits these guys to the end. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But, you know, you're, you're always better off, um, you know, keeping and maintaining that relationship and giving yourself a chance later on than, than you know, just shutting things down when a kid commits. No doubt. Jed, uh, go ahead and rattle off that last one there for us. From Colony City Dog, please list the probability, excellent, good, fair, or poor, of UGA signing the following DB targets. Kamari Wilson, Jaheim Singletary, Julian Humphrey, and Travis Hunter. Okay, so you're saying excellent, good, fair, poor for those guys. So, Jed, you start with uh, start with uh, Kamari and Jaheim for us right there. I would say, honestly, excellent for both of those guys. I mean, George led for Kamari Wilson for a long time. Um, Georgia, you know, talking with guys down there in Jacksonville in between getting cannon shot by my head. It, it sounds like Georgia has moved way in front um, for Jaheim Singletary and, and looks to be in a good position there. So, um, you know, I would say in, they're in a very good spot for both those guys right now. Yeah, and I'll jump in here and say that J- uh, Julian Humphrey just went from good to excellent in uh, in about the last uh, fifteen minutes. I mean, you have to like your chances when it's really realistically you and and Texas A and M. Uh, I know he's a Texas guy, but I think Georgia has left a uh, you know a very very good impression on their visits, and you know they'll have a big opportunity. That's why this this game in Jacksonville, people want to say, oh well. You know, Florida's unranked. That's why this game in Jacksonville is so big, right? Because it just can continue two trends, right? Trend, uh, Trent, we talk about not one game outcome, but it is a continuance of a trend. If Georgia continues this, they go to 8-0, they pound on a rival, and Florida, it's their fourth loss of the season, their seventh loss in their last 11 games. That is a terrible trend for the Florida Gators and really helps Georgia's chances with that recruitment. Yeah, and I think you're you're seeing part of that on the recruiting trail. You know, I that you talked about earlier. Kirby loves to recruit, and he's got a staff. If, if you're a staff member on his staff, you're gonna love to recruit because you're gonna recruit on your bye weeks. It's not a vacation. You're going you're going somewhere, and uh, I think that's quite the opposite. Of Dan Mullen, and uh, you know, you know, Dan Mullen might like to recruit, but he he doesn't love to recruit. He doesn't live by recruiting. And uh, he's a good offensive mind, but I think you're starting to see that uh, on the field uh, because he hasn't recruited great on the offensive line. He hasn't recruited great on the defensive line. And the trenches is where Georgia's really dominating people, and I think you're going to continue to see that trend moving forward because that's the areas where Florida's really struggling, and uh, Georgia could separate themselves even further uh, with a dominating win in Jacksonville Saturday. Yeah, and and you know we've already talked about Travis Hunter, uh, so I'm, we're not going to spend any more time on that. But in terms of just something that just came to my mind, uh, Trent, when you're talking about Julian Humphrey and Shamar James, the two highest prospects that were uh, committed to Florida, now decommitted, just in in short order from one another. It makes then, me it makes me wonder if already behind the scenes they haven't they haven't told Todd Grantham, hey, you're you're not coming back next year, regardless of what it is. And they have to communicate that to recruits, you know, just to be open and transparent with them. So, and that happens. A lot of these decisions get made halfway through the year and not told to the public. And then it's just told after the, after the season. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see that, that uh, Grantham's days are already over at, at Florida. I think Mullen's going to be playing damage control uh, after this. I mean, you either want to keep your job or you're going to have to do something. And, uh, you know, Todd Grantham might be that uh, that damage control. That Sacrificial he's lamb. 
And, uh, uh, it, but but still, you know, you, Florida's lent, uh, lost their top two uh, recruits now. And, you know, their third top, I guess, is Isaiah Bond, who's had rumors of him looking elsewhere. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's not looking good in recruiting for Florida. I think they just dropped below Georgia Tech in the recruiting rankings, which is um, not, good. not good. But, uh, but uh, you know – Georgia, Georgia's trying to create that gap, and that and that gap keeps growing in the East. And uh, and you know, I, I don't see that stopping anytime soon, especially with the dominant victory this Saturday. No doubt. Uh, so we've we've officially hit the the hour and five minute mark, guys. It was a packed show. We had Chuck Smith on here talking with us, uh, giving his expert opinion on not, not only on Georgia's culture of pass rush, but Michael Williams, the one of the newest Georgia commits, Tyree West, who's been a starter at Tiff County in Region One down there, guys, for ever. I mean, since a freshman for four years, and that is. That is big boy football. That is as that is as high level as it gets uh, down there, and he's been starting for four years. So he had some great insight on him. Also on Kristen Miller, who Georgia's looking to add to this class. Uh, you know, we appreciate as always your questions to the vault. Please, before you leave, there's so many people in here right now. We want to tell you thank you for watching, and please do us a favor. It doesn't take but one second. Click that thumbs up button if you like the show. Do that for us before you uh, exit out. Also, subscribe, turn on notifications. Greatly, it's all free on YouTube, guys. So we appreciate you doing that. Uh, it'll be up on the podcast format tomorrow if you want to re-listen or re-listen to some stuff. So head over to the UGA Sports uh, Vault and on the vent. We'll have it both posted on there. So for Jed May and Trent Smallwood, I am Blaine Gilmer, and we will catch you next Monday on another episode of Rumors vs. Facts. Thank you.